0: Man, it's so glad to have you guys. Um, Listen, before we go on, I just have to acknowledge something. Uh, We have some incredible servants who have been here. Lots of the people on this team have been here since 11 o'clock this morning, Christmas Eve. Can we give it up for our, our team that's serving? Thank you guys so much. Uh, we have so many people in the back serving over in City Center, so we're so grateful for all of you guys. And uh, I am glad maybe you're here. Somebody invited you. You're in town with a family member that calls City's home. Welcome. We're glad you're here with us to celebrate. And uh, of all of our services, across all of our campuses this is our ninth service. And, uh, man, you're the special one because somehow uh, you brought the Cowboys to victory, and now you're here to celebrate. That was free. That wasn't even planned. All right. Um, I want to just say we're going to do something here at the end. What we like to do at our, uh, at our Christmas Eve service, we like to receive communion together as a, as a spiritual family. So we're excited to do that at the end of the service today. And I'll, I'll give you some instructions on how that's going to play out. Um, before we get there, I'm going to share a thought with you. And this thought is, is based off two scriptures I'm going to read. And, um, and I want to just tell you, if you have kids in here... I'm so glad they're here, and don't feel weird if they say something. Uh, if they're a little bit loud, it's okay. We're just glad they're here with us and you're here with us. And so uh, let me share this. I, I'm excited uh, because there's a song we just sang. Said, man, uh, you know, if maybe there's, there's hearts or some of this, you just need a little bit of hope, right? You need, you need something. And I, was, I, I just know that here in this service, in this moment, man, there's some people here that need a little bit of hope, And I'm excited because I think God has more than just a little bit of hope he wants to give you. I think God could actually do something transformative in your life today. Matter of fact, I think he can plant something in you that will grow into something big. And you're going to look back years years from now and you're going to go, man, Christmas Eve 2022 is when God did something amazing. That small little thing in me that turned into something big. Let me read these verses if I could. Matthew, or we're going to start in Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1, starting verse 26. It says, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. Matthew chapter 1, starting verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. You know, as I was reading these passages every year, um, I kind of go before God and say, God, what do you want to... What do you have for us? What do you want to do? And, um, you know, about 20 years of ministry, uh, it's about 20 Christmases of looking at this, but it's kind of, Scripture's kind of like a diamond. When you look at it, it looks different from a different perspective, and you see something new and brilliant every time you look at it. And as I was looking at these passages, these two that we just read, God began to highlight a few things to me, I want to share that with you. Um, The first thing is I just began to be drawn to the idea of Jesus was born to be a king. That he was, as a matter of fact, this was told by the angel of the Lord Gabriel to Mary that he's going to have a throne and his, the, there was gonna be no end to his rule or to his reign. He's, this, this Jesus is going to be a king. And as I, as I thought about kings, I, I, everybody's interested in different stuff, right? Like some of you knit, that's cool, no judgment here. I love, love the knitters. Uh, some of you guys like model cars. Some of you collect stuff. You know, everybody does different things. That's great. One of the things I'm interested in is history. I love history. I enjoy, I enjoy reading about the Roman Empire. I read about different kind of histories and biographies of different leaders in different um, time periods. And that's interesting to me. So when I was thinking about the king, I was thinking about the relation between a king and his people. And I began to think about all the empires and the kingdoms over, the, over time. All the way back to, you have like the Hittite kingdom and the Assyrian kingdom and the Babylonian kingdom. Uh, you have the, uh, the Roman uh, empire. You have the, the Ottoman empire. You have the British empire. It's falling apart with this Netflix documentary on Harry and Meghan. Right? Like, there's, there's all these empires, and they all have a leader or a king or an emperor or somebody that's in charge. And I think about the nature of this king or the emperor and, and his relationship or her relationship with the people. And as I think about it, um, it, it can be boiled down kind of to this. Um, uh, the, the emperor, the king, promises to protect the people. So they, he's going to promise to protect Watch over the people and make sure the external threats all around aren't going to, to come. So the enemies from outside uh, won't come in and take your land. They're not going to take your family. They're going to, we're, we're going to, I'm going to raise up an army and I'm going to defend you. I'm going I'm to protect you. And what do they have to do in return? Well, they have to pledge their loyalty to the king. But then secondly, they got to pay their taxes, you know, taxes, not fun, right? been around for a long long time. And this is kind of how it works. The people as long as they're paying their taxes, pledge loyalty, the king, the emperor, whatever, they're going to defend. They're going to defend it. That's kind of kind of how generally the contract works. And and I begin to think about all these empires and there's some commonalities to it. Here's some commonalities. Is all of them have that kind of arrangement. Here's another commonality. All of them ended up dying. Right? We don't still, the the Hittite kingdom's not around. There's archaeology about it, but there's, there's just not a lot going on. The Babylonian empire, the Roman empire, as big as it is. And some of these empires lasted a very short time. Some of them lasted hundreds of years. And even the ones that lasted a long time, they made an imprint on society. They made an imprint on culture, but they're not around. At some point, the empire switches over to a more powerful empire, someone that's different. And even within the empire, the king or the emperor um, always ends up dying some way, usually not in a good way, you know, because there's somebody else that wants power, they take them out. That's kind of how it works. So there was all of the emperors, all of the kings ended up dying at some point. Now, if I'm a young girl in in Nazareth getting this word um, about a king, you're going to have a king, and this king is going to be born... Um, And he's going to have a rule that will never end. Here's what Mary probably knew about kings. He knew some stuff. He knew that, um, or she knew, that kings were, um, you know, were this way. They knew, she didn't know much probably about Caesar. She knew a lot about Herod, a regional king. Herod would come and and offer the same thing, protection, if they continued to pay their taxes and be loyal, right? She knew about that. Uh, She knew about the Jewish kings. Some of them were good. Some of them were bad along the way, but all of them ended up having their time in the sun and then moving on. Even the best of the kings, David, who everybody talked about, only lived for a short, relatively short season and reigned for a relatively short season. And so, so here, I'm, he, she's going to have this baby and he's going to be a king, but his kingdom, this throne, will never have an end. It'll be continuous. It'll go on and on and on. What kind of king is he going to be? And, and what kind of kingdom is this, right? And what I was, was kind of fascinated by is the different, the different story, the different uh, things that the angel of the Lord told Mary that, that he told Joseph. So this is what he told Mary. But in Matthew, he, it records that the angel of the Lord came and told Joseph A very simple, a much more simple version. Here's what he says. He says, you're going to have a baby. It's from me. Don't don't freak out. It's from me. And then he says, his name is Jesus, for he's going to save people from their sins. As I begin to read these things, I begin to understand something. (laughs) A king saves people from the external threats all around. That's what a king does. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to save you from everything that's out there. But what the angel of the Lord was telling them is, I'm going to give you a king that can not only save you from the external things, but I'm going to give you a king that can save you from the internal things. I'm going to give you a king, matter of fact, the only king that can save you from yourself. Uh, This is what he says. He says, he is going to be Jesus. He's going to save people from their sins. I began to think about all my years of ministry, and here's what I've discovered, is lots of times what blows someone's life up, what blows someone's family up, isn't an external threat out there. It's usually always internal. I mean, surely there's things that happen to us. Surely we all can, there can be victims of something that they didn't do. Absolutely, that happens. But nine times out of ten, the problems we're in are the problems we got ourselves in. Can I get an honest person in church today? Yeah, we got ourselves in. I think about my own life, how messed up I am. Think about the the old sins in my own life. I think about the challenges, the things I've wanted to get over and through and had a challenge doing, right? And maybe you can think about it as well. You think about the internal life, about about anger, about frustration, about unforgiveness and bitterness. And, and you, we think about, uh, uh, about the, the things in our lives that we're holding on to, the malice and the rage and the envy that we might have, or the gossip or the insecurity, all the different things, the fear and the anxiety, all the things that are in us. And we just, maybe you've tried to deal with it, but it hasn't really worked. Maybe you know it 's there and you 've tried to get it live on the straight and narrow you 've tried to get things straight straight and away, but it doesn 't really happen it 's like you have no authority or no power to do it it 's it's, it's like you do the things you don 't want to do and and what The angel of the Lord is telling Joseph and Mary there's going to be a king who's going to come and this king isn't just going to rule the external things. He's going to come and do what's even harder to do. He's going to rule the internal things. He's going to set up residence inside of you. The human heart, the most challenging of all things, is what he's going to jump into and rule over. Now, when Jesus... Begins to walk in his ministry and preach, he kind of talks about this kingdom. Matter of fact, in the Gospels, it says he goes around preaching the kingdom of God is near. And he talks about the kingdom. He describes it in a certain way. He talks about how the kingdom of God, is, there's joy in the kingdom of God. There's peace that doesn't make any sense. When things are crazy all around you, you can walk in peace. That, that there's forgiveness. That in the kingdom of God, you don't just love the people that love you. You love people who are your enemies. In the kingdom of God, in the kingdom of God, you walk in forgiveness and grace, even when you've been wrong. Like the kingdom of God sounds amazing, right? And then he talks about this kingdom as like, he, he explains it this way, he's like the kingdom of God is like a, like a seed, like a mustard seed, it's real small. And then when it gets planted and takes up root, it grows into something huge. It grows into something big by which the, 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 the birds of the air can come and rest in its branches. He, he says it this way too. Like the kingdom of God is like yeast, like working through the dough that, that it, it, it's small, but then it has its way to work through all of the dough so it doubles and triples and quadruples. It just continues to grow. See, the kingdom of God that Jesus was, was advocating didn't begin externally. It began internally. It started, I've got to get to the root, to the heart of it. It, The problem isn't out there. The problem is in here. And I got to get in there. If I get in there, begin to rule and reign like a little seed, it'll begin to grow into something big and significant. You go, man, Daniel, that sounds awesome. I want to be a part of that kingdom. I want to jump into that kingdom. And Jesus invites anyone and everyone who wants to, to come and be a part of the kingdom which he rules. But here's what you need to know. The kings and the emperors throughout time, they, they demanded some taxes. Maybe 15%, 10%, 20%. Maybe 50% at the high levels. Depends on what empire you're talking about. And, and loyalty. What's Jesus demand? Oh, much more than that. Jesus demands everything. Everything. He says, all you have is his. All your money is his. All your time is his. All your affections are his. All your attentions are his. All your emotions and feelings are his. You don't get any of it anymore. It's all his. He says, come to me and I will give you rest. That sounds wonderful. Here's the deal. We come to him Empty-handed with all that we are. We just give it all. All our success, all our failures, everything. And we leave it with him. This is how we come. We come repentant. He's the one who can forgive us of our sins, absolutely. He's also the one that can restore our purpose. He's the one that can put us on the path that we were created for. He can do all of that. It's through him that we can have victory over the things we've not yet had victory over. It's through him that we can break the cycle of addiction in our life. It's through him all that can happen, but it comes not through trying harder or doing more. It comes through faith. Everyone say faith. Jesus said, you got to have faith. What does that look like to have faith? Faith not in your ability, not just general faith. Like some people you talk to and do a street interview, hey, do you have faith? Oh, I have faith. My grandma used to go to church a long time ago. That has nothing to do with you having faith. Yeah, but my mom's real spiritual. That's her faith. That ain't your faith. Faith. A.W. Tozer, well-known preacher, says this. I love this. It's the gaze of the soul on a saving God. It's not you doing anything. It's you looking up, realizing you can't do anything, and you're looking to the only one who can. The only one who can forgive you of your sin. The only one who can break the cycle in your life. The only one that can set you on the path to victory and righteousness. The only one that can fix the brokenness that you've made. The only one is Jesus, who is the very Son of God, born into this world 2,000 years ago at Christmas, the one that the angel Gabriel told Mary and Joseph about, and his kingdom will reign and rule forever, and you enter into it through faith. Man, Daniel, that sounds amazing. It is. It'll cost you everything, but it's worth it. And here's what I want to appeal to you today. Jesus is the only one who can save you from yourself. You may think you need saving from everything else. God, I need, I need to be saved from this president. I need to be saved from my coworker. I need to be saved from my spouse, but she's sitting next to me so I can't say anything right now. I need to be saved from my children. I need to be saved from my relatives, but they're here too and I can't say anything. I need to be saved. You think that your problem is external. It isn't. It's internal. And the only one that can save you from yourself, there's only one king that can rule over that. It's King Jesus. And how we enter in is through faith and repentance. So let me just take a moment, if you would, bow your heads and close your eyes with me. I just want to ask you this question. I want to say, hey... If you have never taken that step of repentance, you've never put your faith in Jesus, I'm gonna ask you right now, here, mid-cities, 2022, Christmas Eve, that you would say, man, God, I'm ready to do business with you. I'm I'm tired of trying. I'm tired of failing. I surrender my heart and my life to you. I repent of my sin. I ask you to come and be my king. Rule and reign, not just out there, but in here. Rule and reign in my life. Rule and reign over my marriage. Rule and reign over my family, my business, my finances, all that I am. I surrender it to you. God, I give you everything. It's all yours. Do with me whatever you want. I can't do it anymore. I need you. I declare that you are the son of God. Right now, just begin to tell him that you, you're the son of God. You died on that cross. You were perfect and yet you died to pay a price I should have paid, but I couldn't. You did for me what I could never do. Then you rose from the dead three days later and you're alive today so I believe Jesus you're the son of God I lift the gaze of my soul onto you not onto the church not onto other people but onto you not onto the things I can do but on the thing that you did I put my faith in you and I ask you to come Jesus and take up residence in me would you come and dwell in me praying that prayer, just ask him, invite him. He he promises you'll never be alone. You might feel lonely, but you'll never be alone because he promises he'll be with you. Lord, thank you. Just begin to thank him. If you're there, here in this room, just begin to thank him. Lord, thank you for saving me. Thank you for being with me. I surrender to you, my king. In the name of Jesus, everybody said,